Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 95th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com. My name is Bill Bodkin. I am the editor-in-chief of the site, and I will be your intergalactic host of this episode. Like I said, episode 95, that means five weeks until our ill-produced, unproduced, completely disorganized 100th episode about Moneyball uh, R.I.P. to the king himself, Jeremy Giambi, who sadly passed away uh, the other day. So uh, let's all let's all raise our respective drinks. Some of us is tea, some of it's water, and some of it's beer, and some of it's just Ken. No, it's whiskey because he's a classy son of a gun. To Jeremy Giambi. So we are coming, unfortunately, to the end of the Boba Book Club, uh, our first review series of 2022, as we are discussing the season, let's hope not series finale, of the Book of Boba Fett. Now, before we get into everything, I'm going to introduce our guests, but before I do that, let me just give a little housekeeping. Before we get into Boba Fett, we're going to talk a little little bit about the big game on Sunday, and we're going to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi, this series. Um, and also just some housekeeping. Next week will be our Peacemaker uh, review series. We're still working on some guests. Slash Bill has to get past episode two. Uh, so I got work to do. And we also have some interviews uh, lined up as well as uh, possibly the Batman. And we will be going into Moon Knight at the end of March. So joining me, as always, he looks like he wants to burn holes through my skull with the uh his knee brace rocket launchers my reluctant best friend my reluctant managing editor al manorino hey holding up pal good i'm actually uh training a rancor to attack you soon so that's pretty cool that's a weird thing to call parker um he is basically a rancor trying to put him to bed he is i would if any child could destroy multiple armed uh mechs or droids whatever you want to call them it would be young Parker Manorino, destroyer and eater of all worlds. Uh, returning to us is our resident guest for this series. Of course, she is the Mandalorian. She is one of our favorite people. And of course, she is the general manager of Thunder Rosa's Mission Pro Wrestling based out of Conroe, Texas. Miss Amanda Rivas, welcome back to your final Boba Book Club. Thank you. I'm sad. It's bittersweet because it's something I look forward to every Thursday and I'm just honored to, to be here. Thank you guys for having me this whole time. Um, of course. Just, You've been just, awesome and we look forward to having you back for Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, starting Memorial Day weekend, which is... Um, you, know the, you know, fun fact, does anybody else know this about the, the date is actually really significant? Why don't you let everybody our, know? Um, it is, I'm gonna make sure I get the year correct, but it is going to release on the 45. That's right. Cause it was almost at 40, but it's 45, 45 and year anniversary of the original star Wars. So well played Disney, not on May the 4th, but on May the 25th be with you rejoining us after an extended tour of Northern Ireland. He is uh, our was our first international guest and our first resident guest ever. He is the host of the new exchange with Ken Grandpierre. He's the most magnificently named man in all of the universe, Mister Ken Grandpierre. My friend, welcome back to the Star Wars universe. 
Uh, it feels really fucking great to be back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there he is. The first F-bomb, and it's not from me. I was going to say, we could swear. I've definitely sworn. Oh, we could swear. We've Just as long as, uh, as, uh, oh, Amanda, as as long as Amanda's Padawan does not make any appearances on screen, just, we'll try and keep it. We'll just uh, just keep talking. So tell everybody, just keep talking through it. No, we'll just, <laughs> just power notice. through it. And joining us is, uh, you know, when it came to Star Wars, we wanted Ken back on. But of course, we wanted our own Chewbacca back on. Of course, he is the junior hockey Jesus. He is, well, he cut his hair, so he completely ruined the joke. Thanks, pal. (laughs) Thanks for doing something nice and expensive like comedy. Uh, He is also our producer. He is our engineer. And um, anytime we need to tell someone to punch it, it's Lucas P. Jones. Buddy, welcome back. I swear the quality of that goes in and out every time. But I yeah. want you to know that it every does. time there is at least two minutes of prep <laughs> to figure out how to make that sound. Um, and there was about 18 months of prep to cut my hair. Uh, unfortunately, it is gone now. I will say this. It takes me significantly less time to shower. Um, and sometimes I just wake up like this and I don't have to do anything. So it's that's kind of nice. Well, Lucas, uh, you, you know, let's plug this charity that you cut your hair for. So if anyone out there has long hair or anyone wants to make a donation, people can do a really nice thing uh, this time of year. So I was I'm, I'm working with St. Baldrick's um, because St. Baldrick's is working with a team that we work with, the Charlotte Rush. Every year they do a fundraiser where they raise money. This year they hit their goal of $40,000. The whole team's going to shave their heads. Um, and as part of that, I, because they hit their goal, I shaved my head and donated my ponytails to hair. We share, which makes, uh, wigs for children who've lost their hair due to medical reasons. You can even choose to sponsor your own hair, which if you pay for the cost of them making the wig as well, they will allow you to track the progress of the wig being made and even send you a picture of it when it is done. So oh my God. Are you doing that? I am doing that. Yes, please. You got to keep us updated. So we are going to link to that charity within the description of this podcast. So, hey, if you're out there, you got long hair and you want to donate or you just want to donate some money uh, to help out a good cause, please check out that. uh, Click that link. Now, let's get down to not the main event, but let's get into the appetizers. Let's talk about, listen, we've talked about football so many times here. None of our teams are in the, especially Ken's, none of our teams are in the big game this year. Um we're the NFC East and Ken, you'll get to your team soon enough. Uh, but we are going to answer three questions. The first one will be, who do you think wins the big game? Cause I don't know if I could say the SB word on a bot, uh, anywhere because I don't want to get sued. It's my money. I get sued. Um, I know what's, what's the that's, thing. That's from, generally uh, how a lawsuit works, Bill. They take your money, not anyone else's money. Well, it's not <laughs> anyone on this podcast, buddy. It would be fine. So I always, I always think of, life. uh, I always think of the Simpsons from um, from the Treehouse of Horror when they're doing The Shining, and Bart's <laughs> like, "Oh, he's like, well, don't, don't you mean The Shining and the and the whatever the uh, what's his name? The one with the ad, the Scottish accent, the not the that janitor guy. guy, whatever." He goes, "You uh, you want to get a sued? Because <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, they call it the shinning." Yeah, so it's the super, <laughs> the, our favorite owl, the superb owl. Um, so we're going to talk about. Who do we have in the game? What is our go-to uh, food and beverage? And what trailer are we most ex- hoping for to see during the big game? 
So for me, I'll go first just to just to break the ice. I believe the Los Angeles Rams will defeat the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't want them to, but I think they will. Now, the Rams could easily uh, shit the bed because sometimes Matthew Stafford could throw five touchdowns or he will throw five interceptions. These things happen. The Bengals are a second-half team, but if the Rams get off to a hot start, and especially with that veteran defense, could spell trouble for the Bengals. I'm hoping for a good game. But I'm going to go with the Rams. You know how much money I'm betting on this? Zero dollars because I don't like to lose. So now, as I've told you many times, you're horrible at betting. Please stop. Um, anyway, <laughs> my go-to food. Well, if you know anything about Bill Bodkin, and of course, if, when it comes to the uh, to the drink, it's the Blessed Sacrament. It's a little bit of Irish whiskey mixed in with some Coke Zero. This year, with the stomach being an old man, probably not going to happen. But it's what I like to do. And of course, you can't have a Super Bowl party without. Wings for me, a nice split of buffalo and sweet Tide chili. Now, if I'm looking forward to any trailers this year, this is the one part Bill didn't prepare for. Um, I I am just hoping we get a, an extended Stranger Things season four trailer, and I think that is very, very doable. So, Ken, big football fan, who do you got in the game, Huge. bud? Or if you want to think, I mean, I was hoping you would say a British football team. So I'd be like, oh, yeah. I mean, Chelsea's in there, right? So Chelsea's going to take it. I as well as Arsenal. I think those are the two that are definitely going to take it. No, I, uh, I have, like, honestly, no skin in the game. No pun intended. But I have to say, in the context of American football, so as an American who was raised in Europe and didn't have much of a connection to it, uh, growing up and watching American football, the last... 10 minutes of an American football game, especially the context of the Super Bowl, is the most enthralling and thrilling thing you could ever witness. So I always look forward to that in the Super Bowl. So I have no skin in the game, but I'm going to watch. It's fun. It's like, you know, these people live up their whole lives trying to do this thing. And it's like, it's insane. You're, uh, you, if you're at a Super Bowl party, your go-to food and drink, my friend. Ooh, that's a good one. I'm a very big chips and dips guy, but I also love wings because I'm quite predisposed to like them. If people can't tell, I'm black, so I'm quite predisposed to like those. But uh, drink wise, like any, like I'm a beer, like that. That's a situation where beer is like flowing, so you need to have and not like this craft beer shit. That's like bring out the Budweiser. I don't fuck with Budweiser, but bring it out or like Shock Top or some fucking like throwaway beer like that. I'll be keen for that. Yeah. Well, we'll never get that Anheuser Busch scholarship. Scholarship. We're never getting the scholarship. The scholarship. scholarship. They're not going to. First pay of all, a beer sponsored scholarship is the that best be, thing I've ever heard. That's what I say. That'd be amazing. Lucas Does is it like, exist? Tried, it should it exist. exist. We've applied um, for that. <laughs> um, Ken, any trailers you're hoping or looking forward to during the Super Bowl? So I caught one earlier today. Uh, this is almost like spoiling the world before he got into it. But Edgar Wright did one for Squarespace and it stars Zendaya. And he posted on his Instagram. So I saw it oh, already. That's why but... they were together. Yeah. That's an ad for Squarespace. Yeah. yeah. But I'm I'm keen to see it on a bigger screen because that was like very charming. And uh, like, you know, I love Edgar Wright. So he is great. But yeah, I mean, in terms of I guess that's about it. I, I don't know. Don't know. It won't be any of the Mission Impossible movies. I'll tell you that. Oh fuck! I forgot. Yeah, that's gonna be sick. I love those movies. Uh, Third one's my favorite, by the way. Philip Seymour Hoffman. We have to have a whole podcast about that now. Um, Yeah, Finder. I'm a killer. 
Yeah, I love that fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Yeah, you know we're doing a mission to podcast this year. Al, that's this is going to be in our our lost month of waiting for Moon Knight, a Mission Impossible cast. We'll just do all Philip Seymour Hoffman like deep cut movies. Oh, oh god. Moneyball. We could be here all day. Moneyball. We're going to talk about Moneyball, don't we? I know we are. Um Lucas, it goes to you. You cerebral assassin. <laughs> the Bengals or the Rams? I haven't decided yet. You because I, what? unlike some folks in this in the Zoom room, I am betting on the game. Um, I don't quite know which way I'm going to go yet. The Rams are better than we think because the 49ers are better than we thought. So I think that game is throwing a lot of people off. I think people love a feel-good story, as do I, but I also love winning bets. Um, so I'm probably going to put emotion aside and try to pick a winning team. Um, also, Bill, on a side note, are you drinking a, a pony bottle, a Miller Lite? Well, I call it a nip. That's what I've been called. If you call it a pony <laughs> bottle, I've never heard that phrase, but now it's going to be called that forever. It's there the smallest go. bottle we'll of call Miller Lite. Tiny bottle Bill. Hey, listen, that's weird, but okay. Baby, baby bottle bill. Baby <laughs> bottle bill. Like baby boy. I like, I like alliteration. Triple baby. baby bottle bill. Listen, I'll take it. Um, I, I have also, oh, fuck you, man. Uh, but anyway, uh, Amanda, I know it's a little off because you are a Cowboys fan, but we will never not give you crap for that. But we also love you. So who do you have for this Super Bowl? Okay, but I'll give me crap for it. It, it, Everybody does. We do it to each other right, down listen, here. I'm it's a totally bang. Al Lucas and I are Giants fans. Come on. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, I'm going to go with the Rams. I just, I just feel like that's just my gut. I'm just going to. I, I'm not really invested in the game. I'm just there to hang out, drink, eat, and watch the commercials. And I'm here for the halftime show. Oh yeah, so, that's pretty good halftime. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for that. Uh, so I'm going to. I'm going to be ready, bust up my, yeah. And so bust up my singing is that's going to be like this. Like, yeah. Um, Go to food and drink. Definitely beer. I am a dark beer drinker. (laughs) So it's going to be some kind of nice, like porter or stout. Uh, Something nice and heavy. And pretty much our go-to food down here is barbecue of some kind because it's Texas. Um, I love um, bacon wrapped jalapenos. They're really good. That is yeah. like a, that is like a grenade wrapped in heaven. It is, and I was at a show this past weekend, and I kid you not, the jalapenos were huge. I was like, oh, "This is beautiful." I don't even want to eat it because it's just—it's so amazing. Um, <laughs> uh, and, but I did eat them, and it was—they deli- were delicious. Uh, but yeah, that, and I'm really hoping that we get a Kenobi trailer. Well, that does make sense. I'm hoping because I mean, they dropped the, they dropped the poster, they dropped the date. I feel like why not throw a trailer out there, especially with May kind of ish getting close ish. <laughs> why not throw I, a teaser out there for us? I should have gone to you last because we would have transitioned nicely into Kenobi. Oh. Alphonse, <laughs> uh, what? Uh, who do you got? I, I know the questions. I got it. So number one, uh, I think I'm going with the Bengals. I, me and Lucas haven't talked about it yet because we will be hopefully betting in unison and losing a bunch of money uh, on Sunday. Uh, I I'm a huge fan of the Bengals. I think um, if, if Joe Burrow didn't get hurt um, in his rookie year, he probably would have been rookie of the year, even with the, the 
terrible record, but I mean, it, it really is like a Cinderella story. This, this was the worst team in the NFL two years ago. Uh, they get the number one overall pick and they somehow reshape the team in two seasons to be in the Super Bowl. It's pretty incredible. Jamar Chase is like a like top five, maybe top three wide receiver in the league. Super fun. They have a really fun, explosive offense. And uh, I've been saying this for like weeks now, but Joey B refuses to lose. He hates it. He, 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 what's the, the money ball line? He goes, he hates losing more than he wants to win. Yeah. Right. That's, ju- that's not Joe. Line, that's not the, that's not the line, but it's close. That's Joe Burrow in a nutshell. Like it, you saw in the, in the, um, the NFC championship game, um, AFC, AFC championship game that they, they were behind like three, four scores. And, and then they still came back and, and beat Patrick Mahomes at home. Like the guy hates losing very excited for that team. Uh, but I would actually be happy with the Rams too. Like Stafford deserves a win after being in Detroit for his entire career. And, you know, being in Detroit for your entire career, you really deserve a Super Bowl win after that. Um, so it wouldn't be, wouldn't be mad. That's a very solid team too. And a scary defense, uh, food. I'm making a bunch of food this year for the first time ever. So uh, I'll be breaking out the air fryer, making some um, Chick-fil-A clone sandwiches, but I'm making them into sliders, yes. um, which would be fun. And then do some... the, do you have the Chick-fil-A sauce. Yeah, of course. And the Polynesian sauce. I don't fuck around. Um, and then I'm also making coconut shrimp. And then we're making like a charcuterie board. We're picking up wings. It's going to be a fun. I eat everything. I, I love, uh, love eating during the Super Bowl. So go crash at your house. That's pretty much. Yeah. You, you, I don't think fl- flights are that expensive right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You> can, <laughs> from Texas, it's not bad. Um, and uh, Ken, you can just drive. So the last thing is what trailer I'm excited for. So I was hoping for this without hoping because I completely forgot about it. No one's been talking about this movie since they dropped a trailer. I'm sorry, I dropped a poster, um, I think during the summer. And then there was kind of like radio silence about it, but it's the new Jordan Peele movie. Nope. Oh yeah. Cause they, uh, wow. they dropped apparently a teaser for it. And I think we are seeing a full trailer during the Super Bowl. Um, I work um, nine to five. I work for a company that reports on uh, anything that's happening in marketing advertising. So um, very, I'm very in the know with the amount of Super Bowl ads uh, that we're going to see. So um, I'm a little kind of spoiled on most of the ads, if not all of them. So I'm really just looking forward to the trailers that I haven't watched. Another one that we haven't mentioned is the uh, Lord of the Rings TV series, uh, yeah, they, which they'll probably be oh, showing as well. They just dropped the uh, exclusive photos yes. uh, on Vanity Fair. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that just dropped today. But speaking of trailers, uh, Amanda brought it up. Obi-Wan Kenobi, we got the poster. Uh, on Wednesday, after uh, the Boba Fett finale dropped, uh, we it's going to be a May twenty fifth premiere. So, guys, what are we hoping? Are we excited for this? What are we hoping for? Ken, I'll start with you. What are your hopes for this show? What are you expecting? What do you want? Ooh, that's a really good one. Uh, well, I guess it was like more or less a sense of wish fulfillment or an idea of connecting on a deeper level and i think judging from what we just saw there's potential for that so i fucking love ewan mcgregor and love everything that he does so like when they announced this i was floored and 
yeah, I think it'll be intriguing to see how they take him beyond Tatooine because I think they've expounded that he's not going to be there the whole time. So I'm deeply curious about that. I'm a big fan of the Fast and the Furious movies, and I forget the actor's name, but the guy who plays Han is coming. So that's pretty huge. So yeah, I think it'll be a great time. I'm I'm shocked it's coming this soon, but I don't know if you guys have talked about it on the podcast, but something that's interesting for people is that uh, prior to the pandemic, a lot of these timelines for series that Disney had were far off in like advance and like so far in between. So arguably because of the pandemic, they were able to concentrate their content. And now it's like a show ends and they're able to announce the next one. And it's just, you know, we're, we're spoiled. We're basically spoiled. I 100% agree with you. Uh, for me, I'm very much looking forward to this cast. Uh, besides you and McGregor, we're getting Hayden Christensen back as Anakin Skywalker. Joel Edgerton actually is coming back as Uncle Owen. Uh, you're also going to get Camille Nanjiani in this, Rupert Friend, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Benny Safdie, and amongst a, uh, a very star studded cast. I like Je- Deborah Chow and what she did in The Mandalorian. So, I'm wondering if this is, and I would be totally cool with this, is this is kind of the Obi-Wan Kenobi, like Ronin, like wandering samurai, wandering knight type story. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, that's all I'm hoping for. Uh, and you and McGregor back in the role just fits, man. Uh, Amanda, what are you hoping? I know you're very excited for the show. Oh, yeah. I am I am here for it. I've been waiting for this. It is, uh, I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm probably like, don't, I'm gonna, do not disturb. Do not talk to me when the show is on. <laughs> Um, I'm just, I, the, the two things I really, really want, um, and I'm even more excited for it because, um, they just announced that I think that Rupert friend is going to be the grand inquisitor. I'm super excited for that. Um, I've seen like people's fan artwork and all that for it. So I'm, I'm here for it. Um, the two things I'm really, really wanting are to see, and Ewan McGregor kind of talked about this just recently, um, that Hayden is going to show up as Anakin. So I'm hoping to see some of that Clone Wars kind of just the looks and everything come to life, you know, a little bit and see some of the, a little bit more kind of more meat to, to some of the prequel, kind of just more of that Anakin Obi-Wan interaction. I know people are like Vader and, and, and Obi-Wan, but it'd be nice to kind of see a little bit more of that relationship fleshed out. But what I'm really, really hoping for, and I got super excited when Ray Park put photos a while back on his Instagram is I'm hoping that we get the mall Kenobi live action battle. Cause I think Ray Park put a photo sometime last year um, with him and Sam Witwer. And for those who don't know, Sam Witwer does the voice of, of Maul in the, uh, the Clone Wars and Rebels. I'm here for that. <laughs> that's, that's like the one thing I'm like, please, 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 please let me have that. Just, just, just give me, just do me a solid and let me have that, please. <laughs> and that's kind of what I'm really hoping for is just that moment. Um, just to bring that to life. Imagine they cast a, a young actress to be a, a, a Ahsoka, like a young Ahsoka. You know, I'm wondering about that too. If they're going to weave, cool. if they're going to weave in, you know, a, some Ahsoka, and then kind of even blend it into her show a little bit. They could, yeah. Well, they, they can make play, it like uh, they did play they, the seeds in this series. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. I was thinking too. They could right. use her like they used uh, the actress that played uh, young Gamora. Like they've reused oh, her a true. few times. Maybe yeah. they can do the same thing. That would be cool. Yeah. Uh, Al, um, what are you looking forward to in the show? Ex- expectations? You know, what do you got? Ooh, McGregor. I mean, that's it. Like, 
it's he's one of the most enjoyable actors like to watch in anything right um he was one of the best parts of the you know the prequel trilogy um i think he plays you know that that's a very iconic role in one in one of the greatest movies of all time right he had to basically outlive that character had to outlive the actor who played him um which is very interesting so i think he did i think he is he is obi-wan kenobi right um i'm really excited to see it i thought that i think the cast is really interesting uh kamal and and benny safty is uh strange and i'm in i'm into it you know the casting has been fantastic so far in in these uh disney plus shows so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it i'm excited to see what they do but i'm also excited to eventually get off these sand planets can we get off these sand planets <laughs> there's other planets right i swear i think i saw a couple other ones in the Where star would you universe. what would you prefer the snow planet yes <laughs> <laughs> i love the snow uh uh lucas uh what are you hoping and expecting for the show um, I would say that I only care about Darth Maul. Um, that Solo is probably the best Star Wars movie in the, the post-original movies era, um, just behind Last Jedi. And the fact that you tease... Take, you're a bold man. <laughs> um, Last Jedi is the only movie out of that trilogy worth a damn, and everyone knows it. But... Um, I would say that to tease Darth Maul at the end of that movie and build up to a not little known because it's not little known, but now it's technically legends, the shadows of the empire plotline, which takes place between five and six. Um, so to reveal both Darth Maul and the shadows of the empire could potentially become Canon. And then just to abandon it because Disney didn't feel like promoting the movie um, kind of sucked. So I'm really hoping that they recover that here um, even if it's just at the end, right? Like even if they, they just introduce Maul towards the end and you're like, okay, we're getting Maul. Um, we're getting some of these characters back. We're still pushing towards that shadows of the empire vibe. Um, because I think the, the episode of Boba Fett, where it was just the Mandalorian, um, that episode to me felt very much like it could have been a shadows of the empire adaptation, um, so I, I almost wonder if they're kind of weaving in some like bounty hunter 1313, the canceled video game with some grittier stuff. Um, so I'm really just hoping for Darth Maul. Everything else is a bonus for me. I'm excited to see what Hayden Christensen can do with some competent writing behind him. That's going to be fun. Whoa. <laughs> Shots um, fired. Yeah. I mean, although in to, uh, to Anakin's defense for a man who is basically a whole career is spent on a sand planet. Doesn't like sand. I get it. I get it. Hate sand sand so much. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of sand planets, let's talk. Let's jump into the book of Boba Fett. Uh, So, Lucas, uh, I'm going to just kick it right back to you up until the finale. What's been your thoughts so far since you're you're, you know, first time on the pod talking about the show? What's been your thoughts on the book of Boba Fett so far? I think up until the finale. My thought was, this is cool, but unnecessary. Um, It didn't really do anything for the most part. I think it fell into the trap of setting up this finale where like the first six episodes almost, 
like don't don't matter, which is weird to say because they're good. There's nothing wrong with them. They are really good pieces of television. Um, I was actually just watching them with my Amanda, who's sitting just off camera and listening as well as she normally does for these podcasts. Um, we were just talking about after watching the finale that um, it just it just kind of it, it, we really liked all the different directors. We really liked all the different takes, all the different vibes, all the new things they did, the places they took us, the lore that was established. But it just didn't feel necessary until the finale. So it's weird to say that it was really good and stellar all the way around, but unnecessary. But I think this finale tying everything up in a huge bow was like a for me, like, a OK, we're dealing with some serious like we're dealing with some serious stuff here because they they continue the lore while also making really entertaining and compelling television inside the Star Wars universe. Um, so I don't know if I got too off topic, but that's kind of did that answer oh. the question, Bill? Of course it does. And if not, you'll edit yourself to sound great. Perfect. Uh, Ken, what's been your thoughts on this series up until the finale? Don't talk. We'll talk to finale, you know, while we're getting the episode, but your thoughts up, you know, of the series before the finale happened. What a really good question. Uh, Listen, man, I am, I'm just killing it right now. You know, I had a lot of hopes going in. I think it was more or less the idea of just, you know, be careful what you wish for, be careful about expectations. So in an interesting way, it was kind of exercise in that regard. And uh, it, in a lot of ways, this series is almost a bit of a case study because you would watch an episode, at least for me, I'd watch an episode, I'd go on the internet and I see how people react to it. And it was almost like, they were judging episodes by the metric of Star Wars-ness, it, an episode exploring those type of facets. So mm. I would find myself thinking, am I even having real conversations with people? But all that aside to say, I did enjoy the finale a lot, even though it left a lot to be desired in terms of characterization and just general building up a story. And uh, yeah, I feel like maybe I'm not the only one on this call who feels that way, right? We will get into that. And now let's get into Bill Bodkin's oddly named segments here the first one not so oddly named is called in a galaxy far far away or it's actually a long time ago in a galaxy far far away i can't even remember my own stuff so this is where i read the oddly worded wikipedia entry uh and plot summary of this episode which is of course chapter seven in the name of honor directed by robert rodriguez Grogu chooses uh, Din Djarin's chainmail, and R2-D2 flies him to Mato's hangar. I have problems with that because I believe our sweet baby boy actually flew the X-Wing. Bane and the Pikes confront... He did. Bane and the Pikes confront Fett, Shan, and the Mandalorian outside the remains of the sanctuary where Bane reveals... Cad Bane reveals that the Pikes were responsible for the deaths of Fett's Tusken tribe. The other crime families betray Fett and attack his soldiers throughout Mos Espa. Fett and Dinjarin send Shaiz's major domo to distract the Pikes, allowing the pair to attack the group, though they are soon outnumbered. Outnumbered. Freetown citizens and the cyborgs arrive to save the pair, but the group are overwhelmed again by two shielded droids. Mato arrives with Grogu, who helps Dinjarin destroy one of the droids while Boba Fett's Rancor destroys the other. Cad Bane scares off the Rancor and defeats Fett in a gun duel. But Boba Fett kills Bane 
or does he, with his gaffy stick. Grogu lulls the Rancor to sleep, ending its rampage. And Mos Eisley, Fennec Shan, kills the Pike boss, Shaiz, and the other crime lords. Crime lords. As Mos Espa praises Fett, Din Djarin and Grogu fly away in their N1 starfighter. The mid credit scene, Cobb Vanth is healed by Boba Fett's back-to-tank and the mods, mod artist's cybernetic enha- uh, enhancements. Again, I'm going to say that reading this thing that we do every week, the Wikipedia entry, grammatically... Terrible. It's awful. They, they're, they're just like, there's logic jumps everywhere. I don't know who wrote it, but it's definitely not Disney because they would have been like, oh, no, please do. It's basically it's written by, I think, the collective Internet who is trying to describe the episode all at once together at the same time. It also feels like maybe someone who's never watched an episode of not only the series, but of any Star Wars content whatsoever or television. I don't know if they've watched television. This this is this is actually uh, constructed by the algorithm, which I found out that uh, did Luke Skywalker's voice last week. And I have to actually read a prepared statement from podcast editor Alex Marcus because he felt highly offended and he needed to justify this. And he said um, he was hesitantly hesitantly positive on Mark Hamill's voice performance when we did our last episode. Uh, Now that he has learned that Mark Hamill didn't actually provide a vocal performance at all, he wants the audience to know that he finds the computer algorithm that generated the Skywalker voice to be horrible, and I retract all the positive things I said in support of such a terrifying and immoral digital creation. So Alex, you're welcome. Let Alex know that we do not have a corrections and omissions section on the podcast, and I'm going to find him for that um we technically do because using the algorithm i can make his voice say whatever i wanted to um but i do agree with him i know this isn't that episode but it's still weird just get a human to do it stop with the digital nonsense or just get mark hamill to do it have him record the lines and you know you know make him not sound like he's in a tape yeah it's they don't match up the words didn't match up the face doesn't match up no It, it doesn't it it's right in that. It's so close, but that's what makes it weird. I'm, I'm glad we're bringing this up because I think, I think they they had a really good idea, in theory, at the end of the Mandalorian season two. We're like, we are gonna blow everyone's brains, and we're gonna put Luke Skywalker in this bitch, and it did. It worked right for the most part. Like people were just like, holy shit, I can't believe they did this. But story wise, they pigeonholed themselves, where they had to revisit him in some capacity and the initial idea of let's not recast him let's use technology had to be reused again because they weren't going to be like let's just cast an actor and for i swear to god watching it for the first time i thought it was an actor that's how bad this you know not bad the cg was but just like how off it felt um even with the improved quote-unquote cgi so i think this is them putting putting it behind them. We're not going to see any more digital Luke Skywalker. It's, it's all over and we can, and this dreaded nightmare of trying to bring joy to people is over. I th- I don't think this is the last time we see Luke Skywalker. So, but hopefully next time they'll, they'll actually do it properly. And maybe that's, I think what, I think they're just waiting for the tech. 
They're waiting for like the just, tech to be seamless. Or they could just they could just cast Sebastian Stan. That's he's like I'm a saying. dead ringer. He is he a is. dead Al has ringer. Been saying this for a long time, and mm-hmm. we'll I'm, take, I'm, it, I'm we'll take it from you and not Al because Al's annoying. We he's love dead ringer, dead, dead ringer. ringer. And even Sebastian Stan said he was open to doing it. Yeah. So I'm like, if he wants to do it, just just put him in. Just put him in. Put him in, coach. He's ready to play. He's ready to play. Yeah. He's exactly. a little John Fogarty for everyone. Uh, my favorite song growing up, Center Field. Anyway, so off topic. So let's let's talk about what worked for us this episode. Let's, for one last time, let's go hang out by the back to tank. And let's talk about what worked for us in this episode. What our favorite things in this episode were. Um, Amanda, I'm going to start with you because I know there was a laundry list of things that you loved about this episode. First of all, uh, just Mando, just being great. Mando just, just walking in, just even just the way he walks into a room is just, com- just commands attention. Um, Mando, Grogu, I'm here for it. Just the whole little hug, all of it, just their relationship highlighted. It's just, it's the best. Um, and Amy Sedaris, I love her in general. I just, I loved her even more this episode because her timing, her comedic time, she's saying everything that Star Wars fans would say on <laughs> different things. She is us. Um, the fact she just like lost a tooth, spat it out and was like, meh, you know, <laughs> like got back up and started fighting. I was like, I love you even more. Um, I am happy that we got more, more Boba, um, you know, cause I mean, you should have more Boba in your season. I just, you know, but I know we're talking about things we like, but I'm glad he got a little bit more uh, spotlight. And I love the whole, I'm here for a Boba Mando. Like if they do like a, a little short movie or maybe like a special where it's just the two of them, like going exploring somewhere. I, I'm, I'm here for it. I like their, I like their, their dialoguing and their like, kind of, was it Butch? Was it Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid kind of thing going on? Um, I thought that was entertaining. Um, you know, I'm glad the people of Freetown showed up. And uh, that was nice because I was like, ooh, is this ominous foreshadowing? Is this ominous foreshadowing? And I'm an action girl. You know, the shootouts, all of it, I, I, I was here for that. Um, so I really liked those. I also really liked the nice little Clone Wars throwback with um, uh, the show cl- throwback with the two, the two droids. Because it reminded me of the episode of Clone Wars. It's called A War on Two Fronts, where Ahsoka is training uh, Saw Gerrera's people over in Onderon how to roll thermal detonators like past the shield and blow up the robots are the droids are very similar um so i was like oh, it's those same ones <laughs> so geek over here that's a big um, it's an interesting character that i wonder if we see coming back into live action are you talking about saw I, yeah. I think so i think that's always a possibility um yeah that would be really really cool to see um but yeah i liked i liked the action i liked i liked the flow of it I'm glad BK made it because I was a little worried. I was like, he got, he got, he got screwed <laughs> up with this. Like he took so many shots. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, you're an Irishman on St. Patrick's day. You're taking too many yeah. shots there, pal. Yeah. I was like, come on, come on. You can make it. I'm I here like yelling at the TV for BK. Um, Cause I've grown very attached to Chewbacca dark at this point. Oh, so, um, and I just really, for me, I really liked that we did get the Cad Bane and Boba encounter that we didn't get in the Clone Wars. Um, and the fact that they even played off, like they knew each other, they kind of, you know, they, they, they traded, they even traded the same line about like, isn't the, I always, I'm going to say it wrong, but it's like, it's the first line he says is basically like you're saying you're calling the kettle black. 
<laughs> oh Christ! It was so long and drawn out. I'm just like, dude. What but like, he, but, but Boba says that same line to uh, Casas Reeves over in Mando when when they have their encounter with the when hey. Bo or when Bo Katan is sitting there. They say the same line. It's the Doctor same line. So you can see that relationship with Cad and Boba. That previous relationship. It's hinted at that that Boba was with Cad for some time. Um, and they even are saying each other's lines. <laughs> so I liked that we got that arc. Yeah. Personally, I don't think it's the last we'll see of Cad Bane because if it is like the season seven canceled arc, um, Cad Bane survives, got, got the worst of it, but survives and gets uh, cybernetically enhanced. So they may, be, they may be following through with that since we got the, the one guy that um, is back that's going to fix up Cobb Vanth, which I was oh, happy yeah. for Al. I was happy for Al with that. Oh, I was like, God. that post-credit scene was for Al. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, that guy is there. So it, I, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for them to pull Cad Bane out and um, fix him up. So we could see him back at some point. But um, definitely those are some of the things that, that I really enjoyed. And even Fennec having her own moment was, was nice too. <laughs> she was savage. <laughs> That's all I got to say. I was like, ooh. <laughs> I have but, to say they um, went, they definitely ran with, with Rodriguez. It's not overly yeah. surprised. They definitely ramped up a lot of the more uh, intense violence of just stabbing things and cutting things in half. This episode, the, the series dude got hung in a Star yes. Wars show. Yes. Yeah. And you know who that guy was? It was Robert Rodriguez. He, yes. He, like, really? you know what? Hang me. Yes. Yeah, well, he did the voice at least for that. But yeah, he said so his character got hung. Well, and in fact, I think he was another character, one of the bosses who also got murked in that, where he just completely yeah. got, I think he got either shot or just stabbed in the head. It was great. I was here for the the fighting and all of it. I was like, thank you, Robert Rodriguez, for giving me that because I'm, again, you know, it's very Desperado uh, vibes and I loved it. Um, and then the other, I felt bad for uh, poor Ben. I felt bad for the pig brothers. Our our boy, Ben Murchison, his, uh, <laughs> his, his, his favorite characters, the Gamorrean guards, they friggin eight savage savage death you know no not even else. like a, a warrior's death it was like we're just gonna push them off they squeal they died and <laughs> it was like oh, to the to the pig brothers oh you know, they, they, for them but they ate it so hard um i'm gonna say that's actually my not the pig brothers dying but <laughs> i will say about. just to fuck with ben and be like i love the fact your favorite <laughs> characters died um no i loved the oh shit, something's wrong here. And it's the big Godfather reveal of here they are, the, like the train wipes by, there's there's the people who are going to take the Gamorrean, the Pig Brothers out. All of a sudden, you know, you just see the Pikes start, you know, the, no, it wasn't the Pikes, it was the one family is going after Chewbacca Dark. And then it was the, the um, neutrinos, from Ninja Turtles were like cornered and they're like, all of a sudden everyone starts pulling guns out of everywhere. It's very Rodriguez, especially the guns being pulled out of every which way, but it was also very gangster epic that mm -hmm. this happened. And I was so into it. I really, really loved it. Uh, and sweet baby boy cuddling with the rancor because both of them were, they're just sweet baby boys were tired. They did the work their dads couldn't do. So they needed a nap. And I'm just like, 
Fuck, that's so wonderful. And also, like you said, Amanda, Amando's reaction to seeing his son was because that's what he is. It's just like, God damn it. It's so wholesome. Well, and I feel like as a parent, you feel that even more. Like you yeah. totally get it. You totally get it. And it's like, oh, my heart, my heart. And just, uh, I just, yes, man, I just more Mando, more Grogu. It just made me really want Mando season three already. Just, just let it happen. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Y'all want to drop it early? Y'all want to drop it early? I'm not going to cry about it. I'm just saying. No, no one will. Ken. We'll get back to Ken in a minute. Uh, uh, Lucas, uh, what was what worked for you? Um, I think what worked for me was uh, just how much it borrowed. This is one of the other things we were talking about after the finale was it borrowed, like you said, the Godfather, right? It's the fruit stand. It's the toll booth. It's it's that like that moment where everything goes wrong, quote unquote. Um, I, I thought the combat was pretty satisfying. I think they need to do a better job training the extras in some of the combat stances. You can, if you kind of pay attention to the background, some of the extras are like phoning that combat in, which kind of, kind of sucks a little bit. Um, as far as like favorite, I, I will tell you this. I think my favorite dark horse character is the major domo, David Pesquesi, Pesquesi um the uh, that's the actor that character is so perfectly timed it is the how krieger is an archer where he's in it for maybe a minute but it's just so incredible every time the character's on screen um i think that was great i really loved the uh king kong or sorry the godzilla mothra vibes that we were getting from the scorpion droids how um obviously taking and this series borrowed a lot from phantom menace by the way so not only the starfighter which was a great reveal not only the um you have the i can't think of what they're called but the basically those those supersonic bombs that uh fire spray drops um but you also have the obviously upclassed um droidicas from one and the same shield sound effects from the Battle oh, of Naboo. Right. Um, so borrowed heavily from episode one in a great way, but that Rancor versus the droid fight was like very heavy Godzilla, like old school, oh, like the the you know, dudes and puppets on a small fake set. Like yeah. that was very, very cool. So I really like that this felt like a love letter to a lot of the movies that inspire the original Star Wars. Um, and a lot of the movies that were important to a lot of people growing up in the eighties, I say that like I grew up in the eighties, I did not. Um, but as a, as a, a spiritual child of the eighties, I guess it counts. Well, I think they said even the little worms, the dung worms that, um, that Grogu ate, it's like a throwback to the Phantom Menace video game. They're actually like pulled from that video game. Wow. Damn, I think these they... guys might be nerds. I love it. <laughs> <Bunch of butt. laughs> um, Al, what do you got? A, a whole bunch. I really did love a whole bunch of, of this episode. Um, I love that in two season finales, like back-to-back season finales, um, I popped because there was an X-Wing. Um, like literally, like they did it to us twice in a row and we fell for it, um, which was great. And seeing uh, our sweet baby boy in in the X-Wing by himself, just chilling uh, with R2 is like, I'm like, it's the two cutest Star Wars characters, arguably ever, uh, together. And, 
I, I, I was, that was so fun to see, um, continuing on the Grogu train. I would say that the reunion with him and Mando was absolutely incredible. Um, I definitely teared up on that. That was fantastic. One thing we haven't mentioned yet was, you know, we hear the Rancor, then we see the Rancor, but it's that shot of when the Rancor goes over and you see Boba riding it. I was like, that's what I've been waiting for all goddamn season. That's awesome. Like, I was so excited about that. Um, I thought the battle between or the, the fight between him and Cad Bane was great and warranted. And as um, Amanda has explained to me, because I'm not caught up on the Clone Wars, but I just I started it. So there is that. I did start it. Um, you know, the things that we and I'm doing it in chronological order. Um, so I've done, the, I think it was the first, the, the one episode, the movie, and then two episodes. So that's where I am so far. So seeing that fight, it's going to be fun to go back and now actually watch, you know, the kind of like build up to that. Um, and then obviously the most important part of the episode was the after credit with uh, m- my boy, Cobb Vanth. He's alive, live and well, guys. Now he's part robot, so you'll never fucking stop him. Never gonna can't, stop. Can't him. kill that man. Yeah, can't he, do had it. Abs, he had abs of steel before, abs of steel now, literally. Can, right. can literally out of the back to tank. Uh, <laughs> buddy, what was your favorite? What worked for you in this episode? What were your favorite parts here? That's a really good question. I mean, the Rancor was the biggest, and I have to say it was more or less, I was almost frustrated by how I felt about it because. It was such a thing of like obvious fan service, almost designed to just make you happy and gleeful, but it still ruled. So that was the rough thing. I mean, I, I largely enjoyed this episode and found myself thinking like, oh, you could have just done this the whole time in a way in regards to the overall series. But it was really entertaining. And, you know, I think every interaction Mando and uh, Boba had together would arguably be my favorite because I felt like you have scenes like that where they're just talking, saying things that are, you know, arguably, you know, to the side, but it shows so much character and it shows so much background mm. and it's developing these characters further. So that was a big one. All right. As much as we were all very positive on this episode, but, you know, there are times where we just want to throw things in the Sarlacc pit, whether it be our mortal enemies or just things that didn't work in this episode. So, Ken, I'm going to go right back to you. What you've alluded to this a little bit already. What didn't work for you in this episode? Uh, I mean, I guess the obvious, I'll be the one to say it. Uh, the fact that it's the book of Boba Fett, I didn't care about Boba Fett at all in reference to this specific, specific episode, but also in regards to the series where it just left a lot to be desired, where, you know, you're watching this character taking on this big task and this big endeavor and as a viewer, you're just kind of sat there going like, but why? Or why should I care? Or just like, what does this mean? And it, it was kind of just, you know, uh, I, I felt like I watched a trailer for Mando season three. That's how I felt like over the course of it. And then by the end of it, and it's one of those things where I enjoyed it. I had a good time, but it just left so much to be desired to me personally. And it's, I guess it's the difference between eating a very fulfilling meal or eating something that just tastes good, but it's throwaway. That's kind of how it felt like. It felt kind of like uh, chips. I thought I had something fancier to say than that bit. No, chips is a perfect thing to say. Since you already alluded to, you are a chips and dip guy. Um, For me, I'm going to jump off on that point is what didn't work for me is 
the lines that Boba Fett put out there saying, these are my people. And it's like, since when, pal? What have you done? Again, like, this was a, and this was just like, it didn't make sense. It's just like, these are his people. Since when? You know, he's like, we have to protect our people from spice. Since when, pal? Like, what do you, it's it's like this weird, they tried doing these things where it's just like, I have to protect this city. It's like, and I want to be a good guy. I'm like, he, you literally murdered people to take over a crime syndicate. And then you're like, I'll rule with respect, but I'm still a gangster. He's not like the mayor or the sh- but they ended up making him like the sheriff at the end. So that didn't make a lot of sense. It didn't feel like this emotional growth he had felt earned. Like I get it. Like when he was with the Tuscans, he felt like he was changing. But then his immediate thing is like, well, the Tuscans are dead. Let me go murder a crime syndicate leader and take over that crime syndicate so I can be a gangster. Like that's your response. Like it doesn't jive with me. Like him being this magnanimous protector of most Espa doesn't work. And the, you know, they try to do the Vito Corleone thing of no drugs, no drugs. Well, Hi. Um, I mean, I watched Dune and I saw what Spice did there. I didn't know Dune was in the Star Wars universe. If it was, listen, I'm here for it. House of Trades working with the Mandalorian or the Skywalkers. Listen, I'm here for it. It's awesome. But we don't know what Spice does. Like, how is Spice ruining this area? How is Spice like hurting the people? Literally do anything to show me this. I understand we wanted to do this backdoor Mandalorian thing, which, by the way, someone unearthed a tweet from uh, right around when we saw it was either from the Disney. No, it was right after Mando season two ended where it says the adventures of the Mandalorian continue in the book of Boba Fett. So it's like, okay, you know, that was like two years ago. So it's like, we're not going to remember that, but it's, you know, so that was always said like, Hey, um, okay, we're going to get more Mando, but, Give me a little bit more with Boba Fett of showing me why he cares about these people. Show me how he's caring for these people and show me why Spice is bad. I get it. The Pikes are bad and all this, you know, they're the big bad for the series, but why is Spice bad? So show me that, make it feel a little earned. And that would have made the ending feel a little bit better, especially when they're like, well, it's, you know, this is what we're made for. And it's like, well, if it's not us, then who? And I'm just like, Fennec. You literally wanted to be a gangster most of this. When did you give a shit about anyone from Mos Espa? Like, it, it doesn't, that part doesn't feel earned to me. I still like the episode, but it, it's just like that part of which you could have added a few minutes of Exposition Jones. Like, oh, but that was the other part where they had, so, so who was explaining? Someone was, oh, Fennec was explaining the plot. And here's what we're going to, here's our battle plan. I was like, Holy exposition Jones. We don't need this. Like, well, if I go here and they go there, it's, uh, <laughs> but uh, that's just a minor thing. I always have problems with that, but I also just like saying exposition Jones, but it's, um, it's just the, the emotional growth of, of Boba just wasn't earned for me. Um, Al, what didn't work for you? The first one wasn't big until I read, uh, someone who's been on the podcast before uh, uh, Matt Kelly uh, Nandoverse movies. He tweeted something about um, the title. Like we did not see one book in the whole goddamn show. No, we saw a lot of tablets. 
why is it called the book of Boba Fett? Like, why is it called the book of Boba Fett? And I, I liked his, I liked his title better. The ballad of Boba, the ballad Fett. Of Boba Fett. But again, that doesn't work either. Cause that almost sounds like he's going to die at the end, which kind of maybe he should have, I don't know. Um, maybe sacrifice himself for the, the, the town, which maybe would have been a little tried. more earned. He, he tried did, very he, hard. He tried to die a lot, but that's another point. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't, know why they chose it I, I think it just sounded cool just like just like the boba book club sounds cool like uh i don't know that that was that bothered me a little bit um after the fact um i thought i didn't mind the exposition jones what i did mind though was we were made to believe that fennec was like the smartest person in the room and then her plan immediately failed thought that was weird yeah um but i think I think she didn't know that Cad Bane was involved. And I think that was kind of the, the shoehorn to her plan, but still kind of weird. Um, what else didn't work for me? There was another one that I, I wanted to mention. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll be quick. The ending. Not the ending of the Book of Boba Fett. In the sense that, like, that that was kind of like the logical ending. Like, he's going to be the mayor, marshal, crime lord of the town. Just like the overseer. And we get more, we get more. If we don't, we don't, whatever. The thing that bothered me though, is like, as a probably the number one fan of the after credit, seeing Cobb Banth in the BAFTA tank slash getting robo surgery. It's not a good teaser for what's to come. No. In any way. Right. So remember we just watched like one of the craziest episodes of television with the finale of Mandalorian season two. And then the after credit is, guess what? Boba Fett's going to, getting his own show. That's a way to end a show. This is not a great way to end the show because we don't know where Mando's going because they probably haven't written it yet. Or if they did, where no, they're not showing, they're not showing us filming. anything yet. They're not showing us anything yet. And it's right. So I think I would have liked something more substantial in the after credit. Um, what could it have? In is the question just because one was anything filmed for Mando season three that was edited and done in time for this, and the other thing would have been Kenobi wouldn't have tied in, and then you had Rangers of the New Republic. But you know, I think it goes back to it goes back to a lot of our theories about Crimson Dawn and not necessarily like having them involved, but a higher power looking onto to Tatooine and just saying like. You know, now we have to get involved or some something along the lines of like just something bigger than what transpired setting up for something else. I thought that was very strange for them to not do like, again, as a Cobb Vath fan, huge. I'm saying I'm a little disappointed in a way that they kind of ended it. You know what it would in that instance would have actually been better is like one we get we get like Cobb Vanth was like uh, just throwing throwing a batch of Jersey Shore for a second you know it's like the shirt before the shirt it's like Cobb Vanth and then we see Cad Bane is still alive I'm like oh yeah, yeah. Cad Bane's gonna be the guy somehow involved with either Mando or Boba like we'll see him and they kind of left it hanging with Cad Bane where his his like you know his Darth Vader pacemaker machine was still like beeping so you're like okay maybe he's still alive but if you had done that where somehow he's still alive um that probably would have worked or if they had said 
or even if we got a, you know, gosh, anything. Yeah, like, no, I mean, there, you could. There's a million things you could have said. There, there could have at least attempted to set up Ahsoka. That's something. what I was about to say. That was right? like, I was thinking that out. I was like, they could have set up Ahsoka because they already introduced her. Yeah. Or, I mean, featured her in yeah. episode six. So I'm like, they could have dropped even like a date. Even if they had given us like a date, like coming, blah, I think, blah, blah. I think that's why they gave us they gave us uh, the, the Obi-Wan date. Is they just, they're okay, like, even with the Kenobi trailer, because yeah. I mean, they're, they're all Star Wars. They could have dropped the trailer yeah. at that point. Or I just think it's on the same planet too. I mean, it, it wouldn't <laughs> have been that jarring. Yeah, I wonder the timeline wouldn't have worked. So that well, see, that's what I thought. So when someone said, well, uh, Kyle, who was on a previous episode, he DM'd me and Al at the same time, and I think Rajani, who was on the Hawkeye podcast, all three of you guys sent me the Kenobi tr- poster as I saw it in real time on Twitter. I'm like, oh shit, that's the reveal, right? Yeah. And, nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't. I know what you're trying to say. It wasn't like that. You thought that was a spoiler, but it yeah, wasn't. Yeah, I was like, ah, shit, I didn't watch it in time, you know. But that would have made more but sense in the inst- like, I guess. But sorry, long winded, but that's that's what could be no, I, left I, in, the, I, in the pit. Uh, Amanda, what are you throwing in the pit? I, I feel like I, I'm throwing the whole waiting for more big cameos because they, I feel like they threw out all the heavy hitters in episode six. So it's just this buildup of, okay, well, you had Ahsoka. I mean, Luke is questionable, but still you had Luke. Um, you know, you, you had Cad Bane, you had these big reveals. And so I'm here waiting season seven or uh, episode seven, like, okay, okay. We're going to get Crimson Dawn. Are you Kira? Is Han going to show up? Is Chewbacca going to show up? So I'm here just, just this anticipation of waiting and then no big cameo. None. I was like, I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm let down. Not, not even a returning like Danny Trejo. I mean, I was like, we have no one. <laughs> we have no one. There's no like Crimson Dawn. Or even if they were like Jennifer Beals had survived, you know, or something. Something where it was like, you know, again, even. The, you know what it is? The huts. If they had, Al, yeah. tying back to this. If they had had the huts or something, they're just like, well, like you said, like, we're going to get involved in season two or with the Mandalorian or something like that. Then you're like, oh, shit, it's the weird hut twins. They're just going to make us feel real awkward about things and we're going to have to deal with it. Yeah. So just that anticipation and not having any. Again, I feel like they threw everything out in episode six. And I'm like, y'all gave me nothing. I'm waiting and there's nothing. Even though it's still a good episode, don't get me wrong, but just just the larger, I was missing the the larger like punch because it's just this buildup. Like five was great, six was awesome too, and then you just expected seven to follow that same flow, and it didn't happen for me. So it was it was a little like more subdued. So I wasn't I wasn't as crazy um, as crazy about that, and just even the way. Even the ending itself was a little again a little bit of a letdown. Where again, there's no crimson dawn, there's no hook. Um, you were in most big episode, most shows you have a hook that want, makes you want to continue watching whatever other shows are out there. I'm like, I would have taken Andor, I would have taken Kenobi, I would have taken Ahsoka, something, something to keep me coming back and wanting more. And then for me, my my probably my number one thing is, as I've said multiple times in this podcast, more Fennec. <laughs> no, I was like, y'all, Fennec, what what happened? You know, Mando steps in. 
and you have Mando and Boba, but then Fennec got completely lost in the mix. And she was, you know, just the, the way they used her was just not, except for that, again, that, that part where you get that snapshot of just the, her taking out everybody was, was fantastic. I just wanted more Fennec. <laughs> um, I was like, we're, we're starting to go in a better direction with her. And then y'all, y'all did this, y'all did Fennec dirty, y'all. <laughs> I was like, I just, you know, she was so they, underutilized and just. I think they try to redeem that, like knowing that in the episode and right. the two points that we kind of raised in the sense of her being a poor strategist and just, you know, lack of, uh, you know, lines from her in this episode. I think we get what they try to do is, well, we're going to show you how much of a badass she is in this quick scene, which really yeah. should have been done by Boba, well, but Fennec did the job anyway. Because he's not a killer. Also, and but, true, but also, there was a missed opportunity there for Fennec to get her own moment with Cad Bane. Because they encountered, they had a significant encounter, and they fought each other in Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. So my, and he pretended like he didn't even know her, or just, just didn't even acknowledge her. And I'm like, but you guys fought each other over Omega. You know, like, it was a pretty Omega. significant shootout. You know, and like, Rebecca. <laughs> um, but... You know, you just there was that moment where I was like, she could have had her own. Cad Bane looked at her and just kind of just, you know, th- that acknowledgement would have been great. Just, mm-hmm. just put Fennec over <laughs> in wrestling terms, you know. And, and so that for me was probably the biggest issue, other than the waiting for, you know, kind of another star like star packed cameo. Um, but for me, it was again the, the continued underutilization of Fennec. <laughs> so. LPJ. Oh. Oh boy! Um, oh God! Oh. He's like, where? Did, where oh, no. does one begin? So, I think to me, this whole series was entertaining in the way that Star Trek: The Next Generation Villain of the Week episodes are entertaining. They're fine, right? They exist. They're good. That's fine. Things can be good and not contribute. We don't have. We don't want to marvel everything, right? Where everything connects to everything else. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is I could get rid of the whole Luke Skywalker story arc entirely because this finale needed to be two episodes. I don't know why they shoehorned this into an hour because what you end up with is you end up having to to do this whole weird Luke Skywalker Grogu thing where they're like training on a planet. It's not a show about that. Right. So what do you lose? You lose the development in the finale. What does that cause? It causes like a good six or seven minutes of people just running down an open boulevard. Right. Like just how, so how would you have ended that? Would you have ended it where they do the reveal and we're seeing everyone getting beaten down and like, it's like, they're coming down to the last stand. Would you have like ended it on a cliffhanger? I No, no, I I would have. I think the second episode of my two part finale would have been this, would have been this ending. But I think that this needed to get set up a hell of a lot more. Like you, you need more on the pikes. You need more on the syndicate. You need more on the spice. You need you. I mean, not to make the uh, the Family Guy joke about episode one, where you know all they're doing is discussing galactic politics. But you, if you're going to make a show, well, if is, there's anyone who would enjoy that, it would be you. Well, if you're going to make a show that's around the consequences of drug trade and galactic politics, then you need to address it. Right. I agree. The reason that episode one failed is because they spent the whole time talking about galactic politics and then never paid off. 
They had a sick lightsaber fight at the end and they never paid it off. Right. So if you're going to set it up, you got to knock it down. And I just don't think that they did that because they spent so much time in the weeds, which I think leads me to my larger point is that I don't think they know where they're going or what they're doing right now. This to me feels very much like Marvel phase two slash three, like right where they're in a little over their heads. They, they've got too much on their plate. They're trying to do too many things. COVID's a nightmare. I think they're hugely limited by their technology, which is this like big screen room that they've got. Um, they're a little too over-reliant on that. And I think it just, it just ends up with, you just end up being lazy where Mandalorian season one, they use the technology to prop up the storytelling where the storytelling was the first part, but like the dialogue in this is not that great. The character development's not that great. The, the overall, the individual set pieces are not that great. They're, they're very lazy. Like I said, it's, it's just people running down a boulevard. Right. And like the thing is shooting at them and it's never hitting them. Like even in episode one, when the droidicas were had um, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon pinned against the door, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon ran away in a blink of an eye it was set up that the droidicas don't miss and the Jedi don't miss. So what do you do? You have to run. Right. But in this, they didn't hit anything. Right. Like they, they, they you're telling me their, their lasers are powerful enough to destroy a hovercraft, but not powerful enough to destroy a stone wall. And I think that, like, I don't want to nitpick, but this is the job of the podcast, right? Is to nitpick as much as possible. So I just feel like the whole the whole show was lazy. And I think to go back to Ken's metaphor, I think there's two types of shows. There's McDonald's, and then there's steakhouses, right? Steakhouses take forever. The payoff's great. McDonald's doesn't take that long to get there, but it's it's pretty good and it's fun and it's cheap and it's exciting. This show needed to be McDonald's. It tried to be a steakhouse and all it ended up being was a line at the drive-thru at a McDonald's. It was too long. The food was cold and it was a little expensive. And was it worth it? I don't know. I just, I just don't think it, I think if it never premiered, we wouldn't even miss it. It just didn't, it, it was no point to it overall. I think to cut in, sorry, I was just going to say a good exercise, I think, for all of us would be like, and I think it's a testament to just like the show overall, outside of the context of like the stuff of the Tuscans, what did we learn about Boba Fett? I felt like I learned nothing about him. I learned that he wanted to be a crime lord, I guess, but not really. Like, I felt like I like I know just as much about him as I did going in outside of the context of him spending times with Tuscans. And I wonder if you guys feel similar or if that's just a me thing, maybe. No, you don't, you don't know much about him at all. Like that was my whole point is like, they don't develop, he develops this, like he wants to be like very magnanimous. And you're like, why should, should have been called the back to tank of Boba Fett? Cause he spent the whole fucking series in that goddamn back. <laughs> Why do you think I named the goddamn segment that <laughs> he even says it as a joke to, to Chewbacca dark. He's like, Oh, he'll, he calls him like Santa or something like that. I'm like, first off, he is not a Mexican That's professional. Right? He's not a luchador, uh, the most famous of them all, but he's just like, it's like, I owe you a, a soak in the back of the tank. And I'm like, Okay, um, but yeah, here's a, here's a quick question for for you all because I've not seen Iron Man three. Neither have I. So, for those of you who have seen Iron Man three, did this series feel like Iron Man three to you? Well, Al loves Iron Man three, so that's a bad person. Yeah, 
No, it's more of Iron Man 2. Okay. Yeah. The re- here's here's why it's Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2 well, there's no is a very... Well, so minus one. Mm, I don't know. I can make that argument. But I'll, I'll make it. He's the show. <laughs> I'll, I'll make it. No. Uh, no. I The reason why I think it's more Iron Man 2 than Iron Man 3 is Iron Man 2 should have been an Iron Man sequel. What it was, was it was an Iron Man sequel, but also within that, something that had to build and start the Avengers. They had to introduce new characters. They had to introduce new storylines, all of these things while also being wrapped up in an Iron Man movie. So if you think of it as the Boba Fett show, they also had to shoehorn in two episodes of Mandalorian uh, season two and a half. Right. So. That's Iron Man 2. Iron Man 3 is what Iron Man 2 should have been, a standalone Iron Man movie Hmm. that is a character piece about Tony Stark and what he's dealing with in a post-Avengers world where aliens literally came out of the sky and him dealing with that is like a human being um, who has been hiding in his suits. Like, it's a great movie. And it doesn't give anything to the rest of the MCU in the sense that it's very standalone. It feels like the book of Iron Man. This does not feel like the book of Boba Fett. And that Alex, Alex Marcus on the last episode brought up, he said, if this was an anthology series, this would work a hell of a lot better because then you'd make sense. And, and like I mentioned that tweet that was resurfaced, like the story of the Mandalorian continues, but you didn't, but that was sold in 2020, not in 2022. Because they're like, we don't want to give away that Mando is coming back. We want to create this buzz. But it, Lucas, I'll disagree with one part where you said like they don't know where they're going. They do know where they're going, I think, but with Mando and not anybody else. Maybe Ahsoka they do. But like, like in this show, Mando had a through line. It, it like... There was the dark saber, and he still can't friggin' use it. No, like no. there's Grogu making his decision. Those were definitive choices. Mm-hmm. Anything to do with Boba Fett was just like, all right, well, we. He was almost like a Trojan horse. It was like, okay, well, we're gonna mm-hmm. Boba Fett, but here's really what we need to do. Well, I feel like they sacrificed. You, you know, you, they sacrificed Boba for the sake of advancing Mando. Whereas, you know, if you're going to have a core character, and everyone, I always felt like Mando was, gonna, was it was the core of this new Star Wars universe. And I thought, okay, he's going to be the plat- launching platform for all of these different shows because they can bring in the cameos in a way that makes sense. It shouldn't be Boba. And I feel like they're trying to make, they use this show to, okay, we're going to launch Mando season three. We're going to tease Ahsoka. We're going to tease, you, you know, they kind of just, they kind of went, you could see the character development in everybody else except Boba. And that's been driving me nuts this whole time. I'm like, y'all are calling this, you know, and I've been waiting for Boba this whole time. Like just, we're going to find out more about him. Cause Ken, you brought up a great point. I really don't know much else other than he talks to animals. That's all I've gotten from this whole, uh, whole thing. And not that I have anything against that. And I love animals. I love, I love all the furry and non-furry and all the animals, but it's just, I don't know anything else about him. And I, I mean, so I know about as much about him as I do Fennec. At yeah. this point, they're on the same level to me. And I feel like Fennec channeled more of the Boba Fett that I was looking for. Um, but yeah, I feel like he just, he got sacrificed for the sake of launching all these other shows that they know what to do with Mando. And I feel like with Ahsoka, they'll know what to do in Kenobi and Andor because they are separate. I think they don't know. 
the, with Mando, they're clear, but if you're associated with Mando, <laughs> they don't know quite what to do with you. Right. Okay. So real quick, because we don't have the, uh, the tinfoil hat segment for the rest of the series, because we kind of already talked about. Um, and all our theories are blown anyway. All of them blown. literally blown up. I don't know if we're at this point yet. I don't know. Are we at the next segment yet, Paul? I mean, the next segment will be performance. So you could just freestyle. Go for it. Okay. Real quick. I just had an That's- idea in my brain about how, cause we've talked about this with Alex. Um, and we also talked about the week before where the last two episodes before this, um, including the penultimate episode, it just like destroyed our idea of what storytelling should be in the sense of like, we're going to show you four episodes of Boba Fett, you know, the show, the name of the show. And then we're going to shoehorn in two episodes of Mandalorian season two and a half. And then we're going to go back to Boba Fett. Like it's a very weird structure. It would have been cool. Backseat quarterback or Monday morning quarterback. Monday morning would have been cool. If armchair had armchair quarterback, whatever we have the first two. We go with me here. I, Boba Fett season episode one and episode two. Right. So we get. Is he doing math? We're in trouble. No, I'm not doing math. I'm just looking at the episodes, right? Cause it's a seven episode season. Show us the first two episodes of Boba Fett. And then at the end of episode three, do like, instead of like an after credit, almost like um, if you ever read comic books, sometimes they'll put a mini story at the end of a comic. It would have been cool if they broke up the Mandalorian story into like almost like these, not epilogues, but like elsewhere in the universe. And it's you're seeing Mando's story at the end of the episode instead of being a full episode of the show. Kind of like the interlude for Star, some of the Star Wars books. Yeah, right? So, like, like it would have made like more sense structural, structurally if if it was, like, I think the, the issue is it would have been more interesting than the show that you just watched, which is, like, if you really look back on this season, the best two episodes of the show are arguably the ones without Boba Fett in it, followed by the Tusken Raiders episode number three. So, like, it's tough, and I understand why they didn't do that, but I think mine makes more sense structurally and i think it would have been cool because then you could have so shown what would you have done again just i would have i would have done the first two episodes of boba fett and then at the end of the third episode there's gonna be like 20 minutes left and it's literally that first half of that boba fett episode the uh the mando episode and then do the same thing in the next episode show show a full episode of boba fett and then elsewhere this is what's happening with mando and then you could have given more time with boba fett and did these like little mini things with mando as like a side story. And that's how he gets wrapped up into the war at the end. Yeah. You could have trimmed a little bit of the, let's build the fighter up. You could yeah. Have, that's like 40 that's minutes the, right there. Yeah. That's Cut literally that. the whole episode. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. I mean, you could have done a whole Gamorrean guard episode. Shout out to our boy, man. So let's, let's, let's talk about uh, the best performance in the episode. Uh, in the segment we called I Am Boba Fett, because God damn it, he said that so many times. Uh, guys, who delivered the best performance? Lucas, I'm going to start with you. Um, I do want to call out, it's it's a little strange the way Tamora Morrison delivers some of these lines, because he's always great. But just some lines, he's like locked into a certain way to say it. Yeah. And the way he says, I am Boba Fett. I am 
Boba Fett. <laughs> is after seven episodes is a little grainy. Um, but I mean, he's great. I'm so glad he's finally getting his moment in the sun. I know we just should talk the whole show, but I'm really glad that he's like, he's getting, he's getting his, his another moment here for himself because he really, he deserves it. And he did a great job with the character and, and playing an older version of Boba Fett. Um, as far as the best character. I mean, it was Fennec, and then Fennec got written out. No, we're talking about the best performance. Like, best, I, I, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's 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 fine too. It feels like it should have been should have been the performance by a, a Fennec, but I mean, it, she kind of got written out at the end there. I think maybe overall, I would go with. I don't know. Maybe the actor who played Cad Bane. Good pick. That's especially I mean, for the episode. I, I know, I know he's not in a lot of the show, but just the just terrifying, right? Just complete intimidation and terror. Menacing. Just like yeah, like a really, a really, really good job with that. Um I would probably say that. I mean, I already talked about the major domo because that's my my second favorite. But I, I think I think Cad Bane really stole these last couple episodes. Yeah. Ken. Who's your favorite performance in this episode? Oof. That very much is a tough one. And I did think about it a lot. I, it is arguably Cad Bane, but I feel like that's such an obvious answer for everything that's been said already. I weirdly feel like it was Mando, like the good old Pedro Pascal, in the sense that I feel like he emoted and you know, expounding upon that, this is kind of like tinfoil hat territory. So bear with me and interject. But by the end of this series, and it correlates to what I'm talking about, I found myself feeling that almost all the things that I associate with Boba Fett in terms of what I like about him, what intrigued me, I now <laughs> associate with Mando. And I'm almost like, was this the goal all along where it was like, let's give you this Boba Fett show. And by the end of it, everything you feel about him will now be transferred to this Mandalorian character. And hopefully you as a viewer, you won't even ask about Boba Fett ever again. And it's like, like that's kind of how I ended up leaving the series. Am I a little crazy for that? Because that kind of, like, how do you guys feel in that regard? I mean, I like Mando better than Boba Fett. I mean, like, but like he, he that, that happened like episode two of Mando season one for me. Like I was like, he's way more interesting and I like him a lot better than, than Boba Fett because he's essentially the bumbling dad, you know, <laughs> and it's pretty cool. And he's also a badass. He's learning his way. He's more an emotionally rich character than Boba Fett. Like Boba Fett's like very, you know, he's very like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And Mando's kind of like, I'm exploring my feelings. Maybe my religion isn't what I want it to be. And I'm just like, well, everyone can honestly relate to this character, even though he's, you never see his face. Like, like you can relate to all these questions and these struggles and his parenting woes and, you know, just being a dude in space, you know, trying to get by, you know, so I care more about him because than I do Boba Fett. Well, I think too, Mando, also created a lot of intrigue in the Mandalorian culture in general. Like I'm way more 
fascinated now, know, wanting to know more about, oh, are we going to go to Mandalore? Are we going to go to Mandalore now? Um, you know, and tying in that that Mandalorian lore more so than, than Boba Fett. You know, I would have liked to have seen more of Boba's backstory in terms of, is he going to go to, is he going to go to Mandalore? What's, you know, is he, he's a clone, like he's kind of in between, you know, and it, it's, it's such a, you know, kind of that conflict would have been cool to see a little bit um, and explore, but I, I really feel like Bando just made you more interested in, you know, I want to be a Mandalorian. Like, that's so cool. Like I haven't felt that way since probably like Sabine in Rebels. <laughs> it's the only other Mandalorian I, I love and care about. Um, and yeah, just Mando just really, for me, he's just a more rich character, just a far more rich character, more complex. It just made me go, you know what? I want to go to Mandalore with him. Like he's got the dark saber. Like what's he going to do with the dark saber? Like, you know, we're going to learn more about it. He just created, I, I really feel like he, he just got people interested in the Mandalorian culture in general again. Yeah, no, I totally, I, I totally agree. And I think people feel the same way. And I know a lot of people are saying like, you know, Mando, started out as like all right we can't make a boba fett show let's just make a new character that's kind of like boba fett and then we kind of made a better version of boba fett accidentally um i see that a lot people talking about the show and you know the the maybe the unnecessariness of boba but people were so happy and excited about the possibility of bringing him into the fold and they did and they did very successfully robert rodriguez specifically did it very successfully in mandalorian season two but it's more of like a be careful what you wish for kind of thing. It's like, if you want more of him, fine, that's the plan. We're going to have more of him, but it's the the more of him that we've created and we've developed, not the one that you've had in your head for like 40 years. Like it's, it's not going to be that way. So I think people had too much expectations going into this, that they're going to see the like the dream version of Boba Fett. And they're like, no, we're going to make one that makes sense. We're not going to just have this ruthless bounty hunter because there's enough of them in the galaxy we can pull from like Cad Bane, who's fucking far more interesting. So I think there is definitely some issues with this series structurally front hundred percent, but also like one thing that always bothers me with these shows and star Wars in general is like, do we ever really know what like people's end game like really are? No, not really. Not, not for the most part. Um, we don't know what Mando's end game is two episodes of, more Mandalorian in a show that is not called the Mandalorian. I still don't know what his plan is. That's crazy, right? You know, Ahsoka is trying to find uh, Thrawn. Luke is going to build his temple. Boba is now going to be like the mayor of the city. I at least know what's happening with these people. Whereas I don't know what's happening with Mando. So I, and it's, I'm kind of, in circles in my, in my own conversation here, but I, I understand people's frustrations, but at the same time, it's like, just fucking watch star Wars, man. Like you're, you're getting so much star Wars, like shut up. <laughs> so who was your favorite performance? though? it's probably Cad Bane, but I have to give it to my girl, Amy Sedaris. Cause yeah. as, as, as Amanda, and others have already said, like, she is us in a Star Wars. Like, she is the uh, the, the the human character on Earth in the year 2022, just watching this and saying, like, she is us. She's, like, the representation of us. And she's so freaking funny. She so fits the Star Wars world and that, like, odd 
very like slapstick kind of humor when they interject humor into any of this. It's very like on the nose. And I think she's so good. And I would also give props to Cad Bane because within an episode and an ending, right. He was basically, he's like one, 1.2 episodes. He was in menacing, just awesome. Such a cool character um, to watch basically like this, like cowboy, like alien murderer. Love it. Uh, Lucas. Oh, Lucas went already. Uh, Ken, did you actually give your answer who your favorite performance was? Yes. Uh, yeah, I did. Though oh, I was gonna, I was gonna add in the context of all this, um, and I think it's something that's kind of just fascinating in the context of the show. It's like, I mean, yeah, where do we go from here, guys? It's kind of weird. Oh, don't worry, we're gonna talk about that. I, it, this is that is a fascinating question. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, Amanda, did you give your? Yeah, you gave yours. Nope. Go because my. I, I, <laughs> Um, this is tough for me too, because, you know, I loved Mando's performance. He was just so well-rounded. I think at the most well-rounded performance, um, he, he, he made you go through all the emotions, even just, and even from like the, this is the way with the, you know, taking his blaster. Yeah. Just going from that to like hugging sweet baby boy, but <sighs> Cad Bane just by like a hair, it was so close, but Cad Bane, I mean, just to bring, and I loved him in Clone Wars. I just, in Bad Batch. And just for me, seeing Cad Bane come to life with Corey Burton behind the vocals and just menacing, fierce, no, no, just staring down Boba. I mean, he basically took Boba out. You know, if it wasn't for, if, if Boba didn't have, you know, the whole, the stick, he'd have been gone. He'd have been gone. And um, so Cad Bane, the portrayal is just perfect. For me, it's just one of my favorite characters coming to life, and I'm here for it. And he did; he knocked it out of the park. So my pick is going to probably be the antithesis of everything I've already said, and it's going to be Tamara Morrison because I feel like he has, in this episode, was the most, he was the funniest he's ever been. I think you saw this, we talked about the Butch and Sundance kind of ending where he's, he's like, all right, we're going to go out shooting. And he was kind of like, sarcastic and kind of fatalistic when talking to Mando about it was like, you sure you don't want to leave? He's like, well, if you're not, then we're going to die and we're going to die on our own terms. I'm like, that's cool. At least he's doing something. At least he's showing some character that he's while not earned that he's going to want to die for the people of Mos Espa. He's still willing to go out in a blaze of glory. And he shows a lot of charisma. He shows a lot of bravery and he's, you know, tomorrow Morrison's doing a lot in this episode and, I liked his I liked his whole thing with Cad Bane where he's talking about I'm not a boy anymore and like maybe I'm not as fat even though I'm not I'm younger than you I'm maybe I was not as faster than you maybe I am soft and maybe and like just the way he was able to his interplay with Cad Bane was so good and so believable and just the whole thing where he takes the gaffy stick and he's able to get Cad Bane just the ferocity that he had with that reminds me of that first time we met him in Mando we we saw him again in Mando just how fierce he was it reminded us of that character that we saw and so I'm like ah we brought it back cool and at the end he's like Christ does it have to be the left arm that I have to keep like or the right arm that I have to keep like you know pulling in to bow to everyone you know that was a nice little funny moment and so I'm going to go with him because I think he's he wasn't given much to do uh, in a lot of these episodes. And I think he made the most of his minutes 
uh, in this episode. So let's uh, let's get to um, we're going to do two more segments. One is going to be we're going to rank the series. We're going to rank the episode. Sorry, we're going to rank the episode and then the series of scale of uh, Al. Give me a good rating system on this one. Um, one to ten. Man, no, I don't have it. I don't one have to it ten, this time. One to, on a scale of one to ten rancors, we're gonna go Fine. with. We're gonna go. I was oh, gonna say one to ten rancor naps. Was it naps? Rancor naps. Baby Yoda, sweet baby boy cuddles. Uh, one to ten rancor naps. What do you give the episode, and then what you give the series overall? Then I will have one final question for everyone, which I'm not going to clue you into, but uh, Ken kind of basically brought it up before. Um, it, so. Ken, I'll start with you. Um, break the episode, break the series, and any final thoughts on the series itself? Ooh, that's a really good question. Okay, so this episode, I would say, was, I'd say, like, 8.5 Rancors. And I would say the series as a whole was, this is really tough, because objectively, is very entertaining, high-quality like, I don't feel like I wasted my time, even though I didn't get, like, an, an innate sense of value. But, yeah, it's, uh, I guess the series as a whole is, like, a six. It's weird. It's just, like, you know, it just didn't really, I, it's, I feel like it's, like, oh, I watched this. And, you know, I guess a big thing, it's almost like a criticism that's just pinged into my mind talking about it is uh, we talked about how great Cad Bane was and his interactions with Boba. And Cad Bane's whole stance the whole time was, you know, Boba, you're nothing but a killer. You're a killer. Like, he kept reiterating that. And I remember watching the show going, like, who here isn't? Like, is this bad? Is that, like, an insult? Is this sort of, like, a weird... Yeah, so it felt like kind of a mishmash in that sense. So, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. Like the, I preferred this episode over the series as a whole, but yeah, just the series left a lot to be desired. Would you go back and watch the series again? Well, here's the funny thing. It's funny you asked that. So with Mandalorian, I've done that while the show is on air. And in the context of this series, I've only gone back and watched the Mando episode. So I think that's very telling. All right. LPJ all fucking day. What do you got? Uh, which is just a play on a wrestling thing, but uh, episode series. Episode probably probably eight Rancor Naps. Um, it was a good episode. I just, there's just some things that like, I usually will watch something I really want to watch twice. I watch it first to try to cling on to a sense of childlike wonder. And then the second time I will rip it to shreds. Um, like old crusty bastard <laughs> you are. Um, I'm not going to watch it a second time because I don't think, I don't think it needs it. So I, I would say eight, just because there was some stuff in there that just, it just throws you off a little bit. And it's a little weird. The series as a whole, I'd probably give it around five and a half, six. I mean, I, Ken said everything. I don't need to repeat it. He said it better than I will. Um, so just go back and rewind it to what Ken said and then skip ahead. Um, it just, it, it needs to be better. 
for me, I'm going to go 8.5 for the episode. I thought this was a Robert Rodriguez special, which is all sorts of muscles and guns, which is a nice space reference that only a few of us will get. And um, yeah, it's just a blast of an episode. It, it is so much fun. There's a little bit of hand waving on all of the uh, logic jumps of like, you know, he keeps saying he's a killer. Why should that matter? Why should he be pissed about that? Because he's never earned the fact that he's a better guy. I've went over that. I've beaten that. I've beaten that banter to death. So let's uh, let's, you know, you could watch this episode and just get a whole bunch of enjoyment out of it. It's a really well done action episode like especially i go back to that part where they do the big reveals of all the syndicates or their families turning on the boba army for lack of a better term is so cool it's so well done um even though they are running down one alley that's still well done the homages to monster movies and king kong so good it's just a really big fun loud episode going to what ken said it is chips it is dessert it is it is just fun and you love it and you're in the moment are you going to remember it going down the road maybe not but it was still fun in the moment as a series itself like you like ken said like you, you said lucas it's hard because like at times this series was so good but it was kind of like the mando episodes were so good and I've gone back to those episodes, whereas I haven't gone back to the built to the traditional Boba episodes. And I think one thing that really tripped up this series was they spent so long, especially in the first episode, answering how do you get out of the the, the you know how do you get out of the Sarlacc pit? That should have been so much faster. We dedicated way too much time, and we we sacrificed so much of the now for the then. And I think that story could have been told a lot better. So I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go with seven with this one for me as an overall series. Will I watch it again? Yeah, I'll probably go back to this at some point. But it's not the immediate like Mando one and two. I've gone back to multiple times, or just even specific episodes. Like I'll go back to the Mando season two finale just on a whim, uh, and it'll be a lot of fun to watch. But. For this, yeah, I'll get I'll get to it eventually. It's not top of the list rewatch. So, Al, episode, uh, series, and will you be watching this again? Uh, 11, 11, Jesus, 1 to 10 Rancor naps, which I need at this point. Um, for, the, for the episode 8.5, for the season 8.5, um, don't want to repeat a lot of what everyone said about the episode itself. I mean, we've got into a lot of detail about why we liked it. You know, there was some, obviously some issues, but I thought overall it was like very fun um, in terms of re- revision or going to the, the season review. The reason why I don't put it so low is because like, I enjoyed basically every episode um, structurally makes no sense. It, it's kind of a very strange way to, uh, you know, present a television show. But however, there is two of some of the finest episodes of Star Wars or anything that I've watched in years baked into this mess. So you can't just give it a five in my eyes because there's two, there's literally an episode that I basically said it was a 10, which was the penultimate because it was fucking awesome. It was great. Cobb Vanth. So um, just have to put that in one more time. I don't know about revision. I'll probably revisit this like right before Mandalorian season three. So it definitely has some um, value in that instance. Like 
I, I think I could probably rewatch the Tuscan Raiders episode because it's like it's a it's a robbery. It's a robbery ep- like episode. Like it's a robbery movie. Um, I'm I love that. Like you can go back and watch that episode and be super satisfied. Um, and then of course the Mandalorian ones as well. And this finale, I think the finale was like a lot of fun and it and, you know it brought those that Mando story and Grogu specifically. Um, to a place that we're like super excited about. So I, I, I don't think you can discredit the finale and, and, and the Rancor fight alone too. So yeah, I'll, I'll probably rewatch it right before Mandalorian season three. Amanda, close this out. All right. Well, for the episode, I'm going to say eight and a half. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I know everybody brought great, brought up excellent points and we've talked this, this whole podcast episode has been great hearing everybody's feedback and sharing um, and just, it was just still fun despite all the, the issues kind of that, that we brought up. It was just a lot of fun. Um, again, we got, we got sweet baby boy, Mando, uh, <laughs> and, and, and Rancor naps. I mean, that's just the best thing ever. Um, so I, I, I enjoyed it again as a Robert Rodriguez kind of action loving person. I enjoyed the fighting and the, the shooting and everything. So I'm, I'm here for that. Um, the show as a whole, I would say like seven and a half for me. Um, I probably would have gone like six or like five, but it's those, it's those non-Boba, those, those two, five and six, those episodes, you know, as, as Al mentioned, those were just some of the best Star Wars pieces just ever. And whether I would rewatch the whole series, I've rewatched five and six multiple times. (laughs) Um, I have not gone back and rewatched the first four I will rewatch this finale though, because it was a lot of fun. Um, so I feel like for me personally, I would watch five through seven more than the rest of the show. And I already have. So, <laughs> but I think I got everything right. Yes. Yep. So I'm going <laughs> okay. to throw this as an open-ended question to everyone to end it. Where do we go from here with Boba Fett? Do we get a season two? And if we do, what do you think that would be? I think it's he's open ended. So whoever wants to jump in, jump in. I go, Amanda. And I got, he's gonna, I got something. He's, he's going to show up in Amanda season three. I, I think to me, he's going to drop the mayor kind of because even the last line he said was, We're not really, we're not really cut out for this, was pretty much kind of the gist of it. And telling Fennec that. So I feel like it's going to fall on Cyborg. I'm going to call him Cyborg Banth now. Um, to run, to be the new Daimo. I feel like this is going to happen and Boba Fett is going to roam around and we are going to see him, particularly in Mando season three. Maybe he'll pop up in Ahsoka. Maybe he'll pop up in some of the other, maybe even like the second season of Bad Batch, depending on how they time it out. Um, Or at least where the the line comes in, because Fennec's already in it and she's already made an appearance. So why not have an animated Boba come back in with, with Fennec at some point? So I feel like we may see them hopscotch a little bit um, but I think more so Mando season three, we'll see more of him. Maybe we'll see Boba go to Mandalore and look at his origins, um, at least his, his father's origins. Um, I could see that happening too. Um, you know, and then there's also the whole thing where Tamara Morrison has come out and said, I want to go find Mace Windu. <laughs> wouldn't, so, wouldn't I, so I just feel like we're going to see Boba kind of make cameos until season two. And I think we're going to see Boba 
look more extensively at his past and, you know, in his father's past. That's where I think it's going to go with Boba. Yeah. And just to add on next, that was great. Um, kind of, I was going to say basically the same thing. We'll, we'll see him kind of pop up in other shows until they have a good storyline for him. And I think a Mace Windu one, Mace Windu one would be cool. What I will say though, is just like I said, when we were doing what if, be, just because we're getting a show that doesn't take place during this time doesn't mean it's not important to the larger Mandoverse. So I believe that Obi-Wan in some strange way will set up something that will have to do with the rest of the Mandoverse. And we're not just getting a standalone Obi-Wan series. We are, but in the same sense, like whether it's Ahsoka or something, it is going to have to have ramifications somewhere else. Could it be with the clones? Because I'm I hearing that you're going to see be... Cody. You're going to see Cody. The clones least. would be great. Yeah. Now that I'm like, again, now that I'm getting to Clone Wars, like that would make a lot of sense. Like, I think something has to give with Obi-Wan. Like they're very much in the mindset of, of the, of the Marvel TV universe. Like we're not going to make something just to make it. This isn't DC. Like we're going to make it make sense. And it's, it's like, really look at spoiler alert. What if gave us the dark Dr. Strange, that is the villain of multiverse of madness, which I think we called on this pod. So just think about that. A fucking animated series that were supposed to tell stories that what if they happened literally made sense in the larger grand scheme of things. Same thing's going to happen with Obi-Wan in some capacity. Yeah, I think what speaks to what you're uh, saying is that if there's anything this series showed me, as well as just the overall, you know, Star Wars from like the prequels up to now, is uh, tomorrow Morrison definitely loves job security. So I think we'll be seeing a lot more of him <laughs> going it. forward. I, I, when you said Amanda that he goes to Mandalore, the first thing that came to my mind is, well, he ain't gonna leave Mandalore because that's where he dies. Well, there's a an arc in one of I want to say maybe it was one of the Star Wars Legends books and, and Lucas and Ken y'all y'all help me refresh my memory here. I think y'all may know where I'm going, but there was an arc somewhere. I can't remember if it was a comic show of the Legends books, but where apparently there was some kind of virus that was implanted on Mandalore to where it was supposed to kill Boba Fett if he stepped foot on the planet. So I don't know if they're you know that's not a that's not a far. That would be interesting to see if he does make it off Mandalore. That's a really good point. Uh, I think, I think was... that was the Fate of the Jedi series or something. Right? Legacy of the something. Force, I remember. I Interestingly enough, I think so. The one thing I was going to say is that I hope we see the Witches of Dathomir. And I think the yes. Witches of Dathomir are tied into that exact same story arc. Wait, aren't yes. they in Are they in Fallen Order? They are. And I think one and of they're... them is an Obi-Wan. Sorry, it's Lucas. Spoiler alert. It's fine. They're in, uh, they're in Fallen Order. So if you didn't think everyone knows a lot about the Star Wars universe on this <laughs> podcast, they do. You're wrong. Uh, not me. Uh, but yeah, I, I get to see, because I don't know, Mandalore rhyme, rhymes with Trenzalore. Trenzalore. Like, yeah, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't end well for people. Uh, I, I But I mean, I could see Mando, I'm sorry, Boba showing up, but eventually his fate, he succumbs to his fate in, you know, truly converting to be a good man type deal for 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 mando that's where i see it happening and as opposed to a boba season two 
Probably, but if they kill him off, no. <laughs> uh, so um, I think to not have a season two of Boba Fett, he has to have the most epic death that we're going to be talking about for a long time. Uh, anyone else want to throw in anything else? Just any where the, where this series goes, any directions? I will say this. I think it's very easy to see that what's going to happen is Cobb Vanth is going to take over. I think like Amanda said, and I think Al also alluded to, and it's going to be, oh, Boba Fett, you're here. What about all that stuff you spent a whole season of your own show doing? Yeah, well, it turns out it wasn't for me. Crazy, huh? So what are we up to now? <laughs> Pretty much what they're going to do. So right. it's going to be justified. Somehow, yeah. Cobb has returned. <laughs> that's that's what it's going to be. And then, you know, I, I but I don't hate that idea. I don't hate the idea of him just jetting around in the fire spray, like coming in on some people's adventures, right? Like it, it, it works. It's fine. Not everything has to be a big deal. So I'd be fine with that. All right. Yeah, I just don't see like why, like in the grand scheme of things, like Tatooine matters, right? Like, in the sense of like why he's there, like he just kind of just ma- made a makeshift home. He was just tired of being a bounty hunter. He's like working for, I don't want to work, work for idiots anymore. I'm going to be the idiot. It depends. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like New it Jersey. It's, it's, it's really good for commuting and stuff, probably. Yeah, yeah. it's it's great. No, it's a great commute. Um, great commute. A lot of transportation hubs right by the parkway. It's great. In some of the legends, it's really important especially if you start to get involved in like the unknown regions and Thrawn. So I guess it depends on like how much you want to do there. So it's a good option to have in case you decide to like really go for like the whole mm-hmm. outer rim expanded universe storyline. They're aggressively borrowing from it as it is. So yeah. it's not out of the realm of possibility. I'm saying, I'm not saying that Tatooine's not important to star Wars. That's that's, that's, I'm saying like in the sense of like, why are we trying to, why are we like forcing Boba to stay there where there's potentially some interesting things where he could be either going to Mandalore, going to find Mace Mace Windu or anything like anything else besides like, why do we have to keep returning to one? If he found Mace Windu, it would be the slowest old man fight in the history of slow old man. Don't don't ever doubt Samuel L. Don't (laughs) ever doubt. doubt the purple lightsaber ever guys the book club is now complete we are gonna we're we're closing the book up the clap of dust comes off we put it on the shelf we are we are done no words in it though surprisingly because there was never a book there was never a book it was a couple of weird sketches and just like a you know an old ketchup packet it's weird i don't get it and a kick-ass theme song oh yeah which i never noticed we never gave credit never gave credit no We never no. gave that a shout out. And, and where they kept saying Boba Fett, I didn't realize that either, mostly because I was just like, all right, show's over. Uh, so. It's my new workout soundtrack. That's what I've been right. working out to, just pumping iron. Thank you, Al. I thought I was the only one who sings on this podcast. Um, I did sing the Peacemaker theme song on our TV break. And wow, that did not go over well. I'll be doing it next week. Don't you worry. Um, let's let's plug our so- everyone's social medias as we say farewell. Ken, of course, tell everyone where they can find your amazing concert photos, your podcasts. Let's let's go. Uh, I really do appreciate that. Well, funny enough, the next season of my podcast, The New Exchange, should be kicking off on March 1st. 
Hopefully that doesn't get pushed back, but I don't believe it will. And you could find that anywhere you stream podcasts, like this lovely one that you're listening to right now. And my concert photos can be found on at Konami Photo on uh, Instagram and Twitter. And that's photo spelt the American way. That is correct. Lucas P. Jones, Jr. Hockey. Jesus Christ. Where can people find the Dank Show? Where can people find you? Tell us all about it. Uh, well, as is tradition, don't at me, don't find me, leave me alone, please. Um, no, so you can you can find me if you're interested in hockey or my continuing efforts to be a mildly influential TikTok influencer is a strong word. I would say someone who's trying to eke out an existence by making TikTok videos at the underscore Dan K show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, we cover junior hockey, which is like the AAU basketball of the hockey world. Sits in between high school and college. Um, we also cover college hockey, high school hockey, and youth hockey. Uh, we've done 10 U hockey games. They are fantastic. Bunch of little Grogu's running around, fighting each other, yelling at each other. Um, if you are interested in militantly pro New Jersey content, you can follow my personal Twitter at LJones1138. Um, I only post positive things about New Jersey and negative things about all other states that are not New Jersey and sarcastic baseball content. Now that the lawyers are in charge, but that's a whole separate podcast that I'm not drunk enough for. (laughs) Yeah, You, you have definitely uh, let your feelings be known about the MLB in the past on this podcast. Um, Amanda, where can people find you on social media? So Instagram is primarily where I live. At Amanda Lorian. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just post about my normal kind of day, day-to-day stuff. Um, but my my big thing is Mission Pro Wrestling. I am the general manager. Uh, so please follow us at Mission Pro Wrestling. We are we have YouTube, we've got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, you know, so please follow us. Our next show coming out of Conroe, Texas is March 5th. No debes jugar. We have a fantastic championship match that we've just announced. Uh, it is a triple threat, of course, with our champion, Holla Dead, but then also La Rosa Negra and Jasmine Allure. So I don't think the brewery is going to be left standing. Uh, and yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to, it's going to tear the house down. So um, we, if you're not in the Texas area, you can stream us on Title Match Network. So check us out. Alphonse, where can people find your concert photos now that you're back in your natural habitat? Uh, of the concert world. Oh man, you already so... you already shot down for your for your for your first request of the year. Don't, Look at that, like a champ. Within don't five bring minutes. it up. Don't bring it up. It, 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 it's so quick, so quick. Uh, no, you can uh, you can Buy find me bro. at you can find me at Al Manorino on Instagram and Twitter. You can see my photos of Casey Musgraves, King Princess, and Muna on thepopbreak.com. You can see my review and photos. Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully getting some more uh, more concerts in. Um, you know, I'm shooting for for Pop Break as always, and a little bit NJ.com as well. I got a show coming up this weekend. Don't know how to pronounce the artist. That's how old I'm getting. So yeah, we don't, we don't promote them. They didn't. They didn't want to keep me on. That's very true. But yeah, uh, check out my photos and uh, other stuff. Mostly yep. complaining about the NFL. All right, Aaron Rodgers really MVP? Come on, nonsense. Well, Better than Tom Brady, I'll tell you that. As for me, yes, Lucas Rogers won. And if we're talking, about, if we're talking about goats. You talk about me. 
and that's just because I look like one. And I am at Bodkin Writes, W-R-I-T-E-S, if you must follow me on Twitter. Most of my content is, hey, wrestling stuff. And most importantly, retweets and my stuff from thepopbreak.com. Of course, we are celebrating our 13th anniversary this year. Um, yeah, we just passed our 10-year anniversary of the first show we ever produced in Asbury Park, and my goal is to produce some more live content this year, hopefully in Asbury. Um, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the pop break. Of course, uh, thepopbreak.com. Every single day we're talking about movies, especially with Oscar season coming up, music, television, anime pro wrestling comic books all sorts of great stuff of course we have a bunch of podcasts of course give us a rate review and subscribe for this podcast but you can also follow our uh, pop break tv hub our breakcast hub where we talk about all sorts of great stuff on all your favorite streaming platforms uh, we have the way too early Oscar podcast, which is going to be kicking into high gear where we're literally breaking down all, not myself, but Matt and Marissa are going to be breaking down all the awards, uh, the SAGs, everything, the, the guild awards. They're going to be breaking down all the Oscar nominees, all the categories. I mean, literally they will break down every category. So if you've got an Oscar pool, listen to those. And of course you can follow all of those on Apple, Anchor, Google, and Spotify. So we bring this book club to an end. For Amanda, Lucas, Ken, and Al, my name is Bill Bodkin. May the force be with you. Mm-hmm.